Hi, everybody, and welcome to the End the Cells podcast. As you can see, it's another duo act, and Ross came up with the name of Grover Washington Jr. featuring Bill Withers. So we'll, we'll go with it, Ross. I'm very hard to the names already. But the, I, older, I already the older generation will, will get that one. Just the I, two of us. <laughs> I like, but, the, I like um, the tune. I am uh, I'm doing no bad, Stephen. I've uh, had the uh, COVID this week, so no alcohol for me. I'm on the coffee, but uh, I'm feeling a good bit better than I was earlier in the week, but still not 100%. Good man, good man. Good you're on the mend. The COVID struck you down, but you're you're back. I mean, you should probably have a wee scoop of beer. It might make you feel better as well, like, do you know what I mean? But well, I'm people... trying to try to keep myself for... I'm going to see Jamie Webster on Sunday, so I'm trying to get to back to the peak of my powers for, for Sunday. So, not, coffee not a clue who, <laughs> Not a clue who that is, to be honest with you. Oh, but in all, in didn't already... care who Bill Withers is. Then I can Jamie Webster. I'm away. <laughs> oh, well, right. I'm not in the mid-40s, mid like, but sure. Frank Kennedy's in, Craig White-Reds <laughs> in, Alistair Jack, Ted Thomas... Phil McGinley, the Boise boss as well as him, and Craig White too. So great to have you as long this early in the show. And obviously, all the, the good stuff there, Beer52, this, by this way, our show sponsor, go to the website, Beer52, forward slash sells, claim your free case of beer. I know a few of you, like Russell Boyce, has already took that option up as well. So again, cover the posties, get your free case, and it's a, a subscription basis after that, but you can cancel any time. And a wee update on the Super 6, I believe as well, what was it today? The World Cup counts on it, wasn't it? <coughs> Aye, so, the, so the, the the World Cup will obviously they'll do a Super Six on World Cup games, and your predictions for that will count towards the overall league score throughout the season. Yeah, well, pretty much. That's fair enough. Alistair Jack comes in, Stephen with the Japan like T-shirt. No, mate, I just threw this on. It's a shambles, much like the VAR in Scotland, but we're going to come on to that. <laughs> just a wee update on the leaderboard for <coughs> Super 6. Franny Cardi still top. I literally don't know how this man does it week on week. He's in 186. James Bowie, 181. Kevin Hampsey, 170. Rounding off the top five is Alistair Jack and Jamie Latimer. So, let's get... I mean, the objective now is, by all means, is catch Franny. Like, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the main thing. I think it's been the, the objective for... The first week? It's it's madness, I doesn't. I'm pretty sure he has all the, the analytics on, much like ourselves and stats for it. But come to yourself, buddy. Match midweek, evening game, Fair Park, Motherwell. Before obviously as we we always do we summary, but before we get into that, again it was one of them games you kinda of just wanted to get the three points and get out of there like, didn't you? Aye. Um if, well they didn't start the game well. Um not to have a go at the guy because he's just back, but Starfield straight away, loose pass, early mistake, almost cost us a goal. We just, we didn't get out the bat, we went through the motions, but again, we got over the line, other things out with the actual players on the pitch, tried to stop us, uh, but again, we come away with the three points, and at this stage, so close to the break, I think that um, it's a massive three points. Every three points is massive, but once again, off the back of an indifferent performance, that's two in a row, you would have to say. But yep. again, we've got the three points. I mean, it's it's these kind of <coughs> runs that, I know it's a cliche, but it makes champions, doesn't it, really? <coughs> you go to Lee's, uh, he's got the Anskov, or Rossi. Yeah. You go to Lee's <laughs> venues and, and you get the you get the points whenever you can. And I know you touched upon Starfield, but we kind of stay with the performance side of things now, Ross, and I think Starfield wasn't his usual self. I know he started on the right side of the defence the previous game. He looked far better, in my opinion, far more comfortable. I think Jens, for me, looks the better centre-half at the moment. Obviously, Starfield's only come back from injury, but what do you think the factor is down to the, the performance levels at Motherwell? For, like, looking at the game as a whole, we were talking about in our group chat, it looked like a lot of misplaced passes, a lot of the pressing, but again, it wasn't kind of working. I think Motherwell played well <coughs> in terms of pressing, hyper-pitch and getting in about us. Obviously, Van Veen had that chance earlier on and he could have put the one up, hit the post, lucky for us. But, yes, yeah, it was just one of them things that just looked not bad, but it, was, it wasn't it was great, like. I I don't think there was, like, a particular reason that, for it. I mean, I think a lot, of the, a lot of the players in the team underperformed. I thought Greg Taylor had his worst game of the season. Mm -hmm. Certainly the first half, loose passes all over the place. Because there was less passes, 
you couldn't get any cohesion, you couldn't get any fluidity in our play. Uh, but again, we come up. He's, he's right. You he, he can't be shot out every week. Um, but we couldn't get any fluidity in our play. And it was nobody's fault bar ours. At that. It was just one of the performances. There was no real yeah. reason for it. <clears throat> it was what of all them games, like you can't wait to be finished, in my opinion. It was just kind of as as I said there, you kinda go to third park. You you're expecting it. I mean, in terms of goals and stuff and wins, we've been quite comfortable against Motherwell in recent some in recent times anyway in the games. And it's like you're sometimes as a fan, like David Ferguson said there, hundred percent, we're expecting to go into these <clears> venues <throat> and rip them up and come away with the three points, five nil, six nil, whatever it may be. But that's not the case. And you, you touched upon Greg Taylor, Gregory, and it's not like you to really pigeonhole him and say he had a bad game, but at 100% agree with you on that front. I thought he wasn't great. Then we look at the likes of Fatate. I think he was a fault for the, their yeah. goal from Ross Tierney. So, again, a lot of issues in that front. But what, we got the three <coughs> points and we're still seven clear. And only for probably the saving grace of the, the Mr. Beaton super cape over at Ibrox, it could have been a further extent of points. Uh, I... The, I mean, I don't know if you're wanting to touch on that uh, at the moment, but that decision at Ibrox, if you put it up against the the penalty that was given against us at Parkhead last weekend, it's nothing short of fucking bizarre. But, um, I mean, going back to our performance, you're you're saying there, like we all know, it was poor, but there was moments, it was a poor performance, we, we created moments in the game where, we came up with bits of quality. Obviously, mm-hmm. O'Reilly with the first goal, absolutely outstanding work to win the ball back in their box. We had no right to. And then <clears throat> you look at if Jota's goal stands, then you're probably walking away from it going, okay, we, did, we didn't play well, but it was a comfortable night because it's 2 0 at that point. It probably goes, probably, it might go 3 and 4. Mm-hmm. You never know. Um, but you're looking at you're looking at a different conversation then, albeit it's still not a great performance and then it wasn't a great performance and it was slightly edgy towards the end, but nothing like you didn't feel like a goal was coming in the end. We saw I felt like we saw the game out quite well. What was it, like five minutes of injury time? I don't think Motherwell yeah. threatened their goal in that period of time. I think we kept the ball well, the first couple of minutes yeah, I was I was a bit perplexed because they were still trying to score and I know that's our game. But at that point, I was like, just take the one in the fucking corner, man. But they were putting the corner in. But then, with a couple of minutes left, you saw Maeda sort of running down the clock. Eh, and they, they started to do it then. But um, in the end, uh, I repeat myself, professional, got the job done. Yeah. I mean, quick fire, do you think the international break's coming around the right time? Um, <clears throat> I was thinking about this <clears throat> the other day. I think in terms of the way we are performing at the moment, then you would have to say aye. But mm. then I watched um, Angie's presser this afternoon and he was saying, well, I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. They've known that this break was coming, so they've planned for it. So it's it's not a surprise. It's not a good time. It's, it's just when it's coming. And it just so happens that we've had two indifferent performances. We, we need to... We don't need to have a, a, a brilliant... Per- you want to have a brilliant performance eh, the morrow. But in the end, at this at this stage, just get into the break. Maintain your seven-point lead at the very least and go away with your heads held high. Somebody tell me in eh, the start of the season that would get to the World Cup and be seven points clear. I'd have taken that. It could have been oh, more. Wow. But, I mean, a little help from their friends... Eh, a it's little not, help from but, my friends. <laughs> <laughs> All the oldies are coming out tonight, kid. Oh, um, coming out, man. But aye, seven-point lead. If if we take that into the World Cup, it's a satisfactory domestic campaign so far. And we're in a semi-final. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can't really argue that. I know we touched upon the European stuff now. We can kind of leave that behind. But domestically, <laughs> I think, apart from, obviously, a few performances have been excellent. And going to these venues, as we said there previously, getting the win. And I think Jed Thomas sums it up perfectly. At the end of the day, it's three points and a poor performance. Mm-hmm. But 
the key part of that is we turned a poor performance into a win, which is great. We're kind of, as, as Anne said as well, one of his pressers recently, the character of the team shown at these grounds now, the character shown through the willingness to win, the run into the ground, the keep going to the final whistle, as we always say, we never stop. But they kind of touch upon the international break as well. Off the wee side note, as we always kind of do. Now, this World Cup's coming up, Ross, but see, for me, and we were talking about it at work, I'm not looking forward to it. I don't have... I don't have a buzz about it. I'm genuinely not just saying this. I'm looking forward to the Sydney Cup games more than I am the World Cup. And I don't know if it's because <coughs> there's not there's not much involvement from a Celtic point of view, maybe in terms of like Japan, obviously only called up Mieda. They've left out a Tate mm-hmm. Kyogo. I know Carter Vickers is in things like that, but it's just the whole surrounding things surrounding this World Cup. It's the timing of it. And it, packing in all these games to the, to the actual event, like nine games, what was it, like 30 days? That's madness for a club to do. And I know we always say the professional and the half two and all that type of stuff. But what, what's your feeling towards this uh, World Cup coming up? Well, in terms of the, the amount of games squeezed into uh, that that window you've talked about, I think that's it's, it's a big it's a big ask on the players. But mm. certainly in terms of Celtic, I, th- I think they've dealt with it well and they've come up with answers. And they've used... The, they've, and it's sort of you understand he's planned for it he's planned for this break he's planned for that window he's got the squad and he's used it and we all slated him uh, for making too many changes after the St Mirren game but he stuck to his guns and he's kept changing the team changing the team but we've still been picking up the wins and we've not been picking up as many injuries so you have to commend him for that mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the World Cup <coughs> um just the time of year it is. Uh, yeah. For me, I, I can't. I can't. I'm struggling to get excited for it because I'm going about my everyday life, and yeah. it's not in the back of my mind like it's coming up to the summer. or oh, the World Cup's just around the corner. It doesn't feel like there's a World Cup around the corner. However, I think once it's kicked off, well, no, maybe once we get by Qatar, Ecuador. <laughs> after that, <laughs> hey, hey, I think. In the midst of it, I'll, I'll start getting right into the tournament. I'll have my bets on, have my wee interest, and I'll I'll, I'll enjoy it. And I, I'm hoping and I expect it. It'll be a good World Cup because there'll be a lot of talent. Um, yeah. Excuse me, on display. But uh, I, I think once it gets started, I'll enjoy it. But it's, it's the, going to the, be the weird. Time the Aye. time of it is a shambles. That that's oh, what, that is. for me is the, the, the biggest issue. Do you know what I mean? So, as you said, in the summertime you can plan around games or you can go out with, with your friends or whatever. You kind of plan a day around it. But when you're working, when your personal life takes over, I mean, yeah, well, I, yeah, I'll watch games at nighttime if they're on. But I don't think I'm going to be invested in it. I don't think I'm going to be like, wow, this is unbelievable. Not if if you're there in Qatar, you'll you'll get that sort of festival feeling. I think in the summertime even if you're not in the country where the World Cup is, because it's the summer, you still get that sort of festival feeling. But <coughs> it'll be like the dark nights and all that, and it'll just be like mm. coming home and just sticking a game on. It'll not feel like the World Cup. But I'm hoping that once, like I say, once we get in there, you'll, you'll, you'll start enjoying it. Hopefully there'll be some good games. Uh, usually I get involved as a guy I know... I get involved with like a World Cup predictor. It's like a spreadsheet thing and it works all out and it's a point system and all that. So that's quite a good interest as well for myself personally. Um, so I, I think I will enjoy it. But I, I, even after the World Cup, in terms of thinking about Celtic again, you look at some of the fixture changes. I think we're playing on Christmas Eve. Yeah. It's just bizarre, man. Like that's, It's a lot to ask the punters, fans to go... I'll be lucky to watch that game in the house. Never mind, go to it. Do you know what I mean? There's, <laughs> yeah, there's so much to yeah. do on Christmas Eve. It's it's yeah. a big ask, and it's for me. That's when it comes to no, and it this is no. I think a slant on the Scottish FA or anything like because they've been put in the position, but that's when they're, they're forgetting about the fans. When this World Cup was agreed to be in Qatar, it was a money. We all know that. I'm no part oh, wow. any wisdom here. It was a money thing. And now you've got Seth Blatter coming out and saying, oh, it was the wrong decision. Like, fuck you, mate. You're 12, t- 12 years too late. Yeah. 
He's an absolute twat, that stepladder. Ah, he? He, he for me, he took, a, as you said, a, a money hit for that one. Jed Thomas comes in. I'm right in sending our fellow players at the World Cup. Corner Vickers made it out to his AMI. Yeah, I think it is. So there is a minimal selling grip. Yeah. I'll watch the games when our players are involved. Put it like, I'll make sure I watch it. And Monty comes in. Ross, that isn't a COVID cough. You have made, I believe the medical team is Bill Endis cough. The medical term. He is. He doesn't. He comes at you left, right, and centre. He really does. <laughs> Monty, get on the fear takeover and we'll set this once and for all. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Behind this, we, we shout out to the friend of the show, Gary Gregg, local Adelaide fan who secured himself gigs to perform at the Qatar World Cup. Fantastic, well done. Mm. We all support you from this podcast. But uh, in terms of back to the game, we'll t- touch upon the goals here quickly. First one, better play down the left, whipped in, Kyogo finishing it. And what I'm liking, he's starting to score the goals again, Ross. And I, can't, I want to fire this to you. I want to see if I can find it again here. Let's see. Let me see. David Ferguson. Perfect time for Kyogo to start playing in a deeper role now that Anz is bringing in a first striker. I don't know if that's confirmed, but I like the first part of it, David. What I've noticed a lot recently with uh, Kyogo is he's coming deeper into the pitch to receive the ball, mm-hmm. which he wasn't doing previously. And that goal, the other one, that pass was absolutely sublime. We will come on to the, the whole VAR section. I know people are down the ground, but we'll touch upon the goals first there. But Kyogo getting among the goals. And do you think he's slightly changed how he plays a wee bit because he is coming deeper and deeper well uh, he has been coming deeper uh, I don't know if it's a deliberate change by him or if Ange is asking him to do that I'm no privy to that none of us are uh, but yeah, there are slight changes I don't know if I don't know if he's trying because he hasn't been scoring as regular and that's weird to say because I think he's still top scorer yeah. uh, <laughs> but he hasn't been scoring as regularly so he's maybe trying more to get into the game, coming deeper to get the ball, get a feel for it, just to get his confidence back up. But, I mean, I don't know, but that that bit of play for him to set up uh, Maeda's goal, I mean, the, the bit of play, him alone, was top class, and it's what we know he's capable of. Mm-hmm. And then the pass, I, I thought that goal had shades uh, when um, Jota played him in against Ferns Varos. Similar yep. pass, touch and finish. Oh. Maybe not as far a pass by Turnbull, but still a, a, a wonderful pass. Um, but aye, just, just a great goal. And I mean, Maeda, <clears throat> shite, can only run. Roadrunner, what a touch. <laughs> right in, right at his feet. Right there, just comes over the side of him, touches it out perfectly in front of his cell in the finish. He's got it in his locker. He needs to show it more, but he's no shite. He's he's an integral part of the squad, and well, he's I mean, very let's, good let, let, let's be clear. No one I know has called him shite. I know there's been a lot of. Oh. Hey, I don't know. Hey, I've never. No, I never, I've said, never said, said, said that. I never, I've said, never you. said that. Never what said I, you, but I've seen loads of people saying he's shite. I on Twitter. I mean, you get a lot of shite on Twitter. You know what I mean? You read a lot of shite on Twitter, but I uh, don't even go on it. <laughs> when when I when I see me Ed and I. And it, I mean, he's going to the World Cup, fair play to him. I'm baffled how he's been picked over at Kyogo, I'm not going to lie, even if you bring the two of them together, that would have been perfect. But what I'm liking seeing from him is he's making the dart and runs again. He's seeing the space and he's attacking the space. And what he, I noticed as well, he's taking who, on Who are you talking about, Kyogo or Maeda? Maeda, Maeda. Maeda, right. And I think Kaiser comes in here at 100%, mate. I save all my hate for Moy. <laughs> but uh, I think like Maeda lacked in confidence a lot. And when he got that goal, he kind of kick-started this run. He's coming back into a bit of form, a bit of a, a purple patch for himself. He's taking on the, the, the full-back. And yeah, he's not blessed with skill. We know he's not blessed with loads of, loads of skill and talent that way, but he has the pace to get by anyone. And that ball by Turnbull, by the way, fantastic ball from Turnbull. It was an absolute beautiful ball. And coming over the defender from here, Mieta takes that touch. Any other player probably would have panicked, but he gets it in line with himself, puts it through Liam Kelly's legs, gets us in the end, the, the winning goal. But to go back to Kyogo, again, I just love Kyogo. And I, I know in previous podcasts, I'm, I'm a walking contradiction, but again, you can change your opinions every other day when you support Celtic. I just think seeing him play like this, coming deeper, getting involved, linking up the play, you're seeing a different side to him. You're seeing it, because last year and even to, at the start of this season, it was all about pressing from the front. He was staying up there, being a constant all the time. Whether he's mm. dropping back into deeper positions, he's linking up. And the ball for Yara was, again, like you said, Furnace Faros. It's like them two 
or there's in sync in terms of their, their yeah. runs and his goal although it was a six yard finish you need to be there to put the ball in the back of the net and it's them goals that, that win titles and win trophies and we did win the game 2-1 but we'll go on to everyone's favourite subject Ross the V-A-R of doom <laughs> the absolute shambolic notion I mean Postacoglu <coughs> summed it up for me perfectly today I didn't, he didn't know why there was such a fan for it, but other leagues, including Australia, have had this for five years plus in their league, so it's not new. He also said, why are they using it like a new toy? If they're not ready, don't use it. Make sure it's perfected before you use it. I mean, we're all that naive. Let's be fair. We can we can have human error. In any walk of life, you can have human error, right? But we're led to believe there's six... Ha, Kaiser, and I was going for that voice. Thanks for noticing. But, uh, <laughs> the, the way I looked at it, we were led to believe for production, if we're on Sky or whatever, pay per views, it's up to 10 cameras or whatever it is. Six cameras in every other ground covering 18 yard lines into the midfield and then that type of thing and that Hawkeye thing, which I'm not really understanding to be fair. But yeah, yeah we'll touch upon the Jada, the Jada incident first. There's a couple we want to talk about tonight. It might take a, a lot of this podcast, <laughs> but let's talk about the goal first of all, right? The goal first of all, the play from Kyogo was beautiful, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Outstanding. It was, yeah. aye, just just sublime and like I said, ball over the top. Shades of the, I think I was getting mixed up with the Maeda goal. Actually, I was describing that as the French Faros <laughs> one. I was actually meaning this. I was getting yeah. mixed up. That's the COVID kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> COVID but aye, kid. this one, this one had the shades of the. I'd mixed the two goals together there. <laughs> uh, aye, this one had the shades of that. Um, but aye, it was an absolutely fantastic goal. And then Jota's, again, touch, composure, just sits the keeper down. And it's still a, a fair bit out. It's a difficult, difficult finish. Mm-hmm. A lot of players would just try and smash that. And he just gets it perfect and finds the net. It's a tremendous goal, first and foremost. But then... But, yeah, followed by yeah. an absolutely horrendous well, decision. Horrendous. <laughs> and I'm going to come to you. I want to give my point on this, right? Because Aye. I was I was thinking about it today and I was going, what, what way am I going to put this across? Because I'm absolutely raising. I'm being honest. I'm raising. And I don't want to come across like an absolute rambling arsehole here. But, like, I, I looked at that. And the whole camera situation, right? Them VAR cameras are not meant to be manned. In any other league in the world, they're static cameras, right? So they stay linked on the words meant to be. Uh-huh. Right. This is where it gets fucked up, in my opinion. This ball is played over the top. Basically, Jada's, uh, Jada's making a run just probably five or ten yards from the halfway line, right? It looks like it when uh, Kugel plays that ball, he's in line with the defender. He runs through, he scores. That's, that's the outcome of, of, the, of the phase of play. But, obviously, VAR chalks it off. We're looking for angles, Ross. We're looking for clarification. We're looking to see why. We're, we're going, maybe it's right, maybe it's a toenail, maybe it's a finger, a fingertip. But we get an angle that I can only describe. If the police were trying to secure evidence against someone and showed an angle from the other side of the street, it would be through out of court. But yep. the VAR team have decided to use an angle from Motherwell's half of the pitch to chalk off a goal, which has been proved. I think it's been it's been onside from different angles that have been shared on Twitter. Doctor or not, I believe the goal was onside. I don't care if any photo was edited. The, the goal for me should have stood, Ross. And this whole debacle, and I know Celtic, we're going to go on to the Celtic acid question things as well, which I thought, again, we, probably two weeks too late from the club, but they eventually done it. What What did you think of this decision? It was an absolute farce, in my opinion. Well, <clears throat> when I first seen it in real time, I, I was amazed that it was even getting checked because I thought it was well on. Hmm. You then see like not the, the not the VR replay, right? But the, the, the there was you've seen replays since, and I'm still looking at it, going, "That looks on side." Mm-hmm. So then you get the the VAR one, which the camera is in the fucking precinct at Motherwell. A totally bizarre angle to give us. Celtic rightly question it, <clears throat> and. I said in the chat the other day, I says, fair enough, Celtic are questioning it. They need to start questioning it, especially when we're winning. Everybody knows the script. Mm. 
but it was it was a, it was one that I felt that they would they would answer no problem. They would have an answer for it because there was it wasn't like, for instance, the handball with Bernabe and the handball with I'm not sure who it was for Rangers against Hearts the other yeah, night. If we'd asked the question on why is Bernabe's won a penalty, but the Davies won isn't he a penalty? There's it's a more difficult one for them to answer because the video evidence is there and everybody's seen it. Whereas that one, the the video evidence that we've seen to say that it was offside is more it's so inconclusive. It's no true. It's bizarre. And then they come up with an excuse that the camera. Correct me if I'm wrong. The camera was on the dugout at the time. Yeah. He then. <laughs> Like what the what the actual fuck? Like the, the camera is there to watch for offsides. Like maybe in the bench is offside. What what are we doing here? Uh, bizarre, right? But for me, you're maybe going to go into it. Celtic have got the ball rolling. The vast a question, right? But it was it was an easy out for me. The answer, and it was mm. it wasn't a surprise. The answer we got. The one that I feel they should have really been asking a question about for that game was the the one that I think the Motherwell player got booked, uh, and it was for me it was a straight red all day long. It, it, on Starfield, Starfield, you remember? Mean? Yeah. Aye, yeah, aye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he catches Starfield's standing leg, he snapped his leg. Starfield yeah. is not playing another game this season, but. By luck, not design, he misses his standing leg, and when he catches Starfelt's other leg, it's lower. But it's only by luck. He was knee high, and for me, I, I think I'm trying to remember. Does he? Did the referee book him for that? He did, right? No. So the referee, no, he, he did. did he, book he booked him. him. Oh, he booked him. Right, so, okay. so he's booked him, right? So he's seen it, right? First and foremost, he's seen it. And he's deemed that to be a yellow card, not a red. Unbelievable, right? And then you look at the Jackamacus one, the, the game before. Now, with the one at, at the Motherwell game, they, they don't then go to check for a possible red. Mm. Like, why not, right? Because with the Jackamacus one, the referee didn't even give a foul, let alone a yellow card. But they they checked that for a possible red and upgraded it to a yellow off the video evidence. Why didn't they check the yellow card at Motherwell for a possible red and upgrade that to a red? Because it was a disgraceful tackle and the boy it should be disgusting. ashamed of himself. If you if you look at it as well, right, Paul Dagham's in a great point. Right. So we, we spoke about this before VAR was going to get introduced. It's going to cost points. It's going to cost league trophies. It's going to cost players, injuries, all that type of thing. Starfell could on the end of a leg break and challenge. I totally agree. Yeah. It was a, a disgusting challenge and it should be a red card. The Livingston player who got sent off at Ibrox did less than that. Less than Correct. that. And th- this isn't for me us going up against them or them going up against us. This is plain to see. You have eyes. You can see the decisions that have happened since this VAR has been introduced. It's been an absolute shambles. You, you go as far back to the Michael Smith handball at Tynecastle, wasn't mm-hmm. given. You go to Burnaby, who didn't even see the ball, literally mm-hmm. jumped in the middle of the box and the ball was behind him. And they, they deemed that a clear scoring, uh, goal scoring uh, chance and they booked him. Then you fast forward to the, the Rangers game on the same night as us. They were playing hearts. It gets whipped in. From different angles, it shows different things. I know some players were saying hits him in the face, but as clear as day for me, it's a handball. And his hand is literally here. It's there. And it doesn't get looked at. And you're like, Aye. what? what is going on? And it, you, you look at our game. You look at the Jada one, right? They didn't have the angles. Alan Burroughs, the chief executive of Motherwell, has confirmed, even the Celtic fans, they bought extra cameras from their own expense. So there's more additional cameras there to help them out if a cameraman's failed at his job. But I, we're skipping the whole issue here, that there's no league in the world that has manned VAR positions. They are automatic. They are there to show you different angles and lines. All this fake line shit does my head in. 
trying to put a fake wall in in terms of the picture where it looks like John's head is a is a head of uh, their defender at that time. Absolute shambles. And I want to come to the comments here before we we kind of get into the into more of it here. Uh, David Ferguson's kind of addressing you. He didn't pick him straight away. Lou Ross, Jed Thomas. You, know? you can imagine the, you can, you can imagine the, the meeting, right, guys? Why don't we say the camera was on the dugout? <laughs> They'll believe that. What an absolute load of bollocks. Joe Finley, VAR guy, scarring the crowd for oh, flat seasons. <laughs> and then, do you know what I mean? It's 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 just one of them things, right? This whole argument that they put forward in that statement saying the the thing that the VAR camera wasn't trained, then surely if you're being petty about it, Celtic you say award is the goal, then award is the goal, and we'll finish the game three one because the goal is inconclusive. It's inconclusive. There's no concrete evidence to say he's offside. Then you, you factor in the straight red card that, that should have happened, like without question. Even when I first seen it on the TV, I was like, that's bad. He was so high. He went up in the studs as well. It wasn't as if he was trying to pull out. He was go straight in for that tackle. Then it's just an absolute shambles. We've bought the Wish version of VAR. We have no, like, uh, there was something in the comments. Please forgive me. Put it back in if you, if you hear what I'm saying here. But in e- the EPL, the Bundesliga in Australia, if there's an offside, they've got sufficient cameras where they can rotate a picture, they can show different angles, they can draw precise lines, even though I hate the whole dot-to-dot scenario in football, and, and all the last stuff. We get none of that. We got a shitty angle from the bottom end of the pitch to prove he was uh, offside. And by the way, correct me if I'm wrong, did they not show a better angle of me at his goal? I'm pretty sure there was, that you seen, you actually seen who was onside uh, and offside there, and was onside. It. Obviously, Maybe the cameraman actually got up off his arse. Obviously, nothing interesting happened on the bench at that point. But, uh, I, I mean, I don't. I, I really don't know the, the full ins and outs of uh, all the cameras and the, the, all the rules and stuff like that. But looking at all the examples you brought up there, right, the Livingston red card, uh, Ibrox, etc., for me, Celtic asked that there was questions to be asked, and out of all the questions to be asked, they asked the shittiest one about them all. Yeah, yeah. In my opinion, they should be asking questions about, like the what's the word I'm looking for? In incompetence. No, the inconsistencies and in decisions. Inconsistency, yeah. So, like the the two handballs, Bernabe Davies. The red card, eh, sorry, the yellow card at Fair Park the other night not getting upgraded to a red, but the Livingston one at Ibrox getting upgraded to a red. Like, the the, the whole VAR is, the, the whole system is, is no surprise, like, how how poorly it's being used. And the, the one that's the least surprising is that f- call me um, paranoid or whatever you want, but there's not one decision so far made by VAR that's been changed or like upgraded or anything mm-hmm. that's benefited Celtic. Not yeah, one. I agree. And I, I'm, I I'm saying, be. like, make the decision if it needs to be made, but there's not. All the decisions being made, not one decision has benefited Celtic. It's always, always been a hindrance. And for me, there's another team who almost all of the time it has benefited. I'm I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm no paranoid. I don't think I'm a... People probably will say it that I'm a... But that's how it looks to me. This is the issue for me. Like I said it to you guys, a lot of Celtic fans try and convince themselves that there's not an issue here. There's not something that needs to be looked at. This has been going on for years, right? We all know it has. There is an unconscious bias towards a certain club. I mean, come on. When you don't have to tell what teams you support in your application form, you know something's up with that. And if it's Celtic as well, by the way, if a referee supports Celtic, he's been nowhere near the game in, in terms of sport and fairness. 100% agree with that. There has to be an unconscious bias in their favour because all the inconsistencies, all the things that they've, they're going in Rangers' favour and they're going against Celtic. Well, why do you think that is? Though? There, there has to be a reason. Well, I think that everybody has got unconscious bias in them, right? No matter what it is, 
if they just have like sometimes you'll look at a decision and you'll err on the side that it should have went to Celtic because you're a Celtic supporter if it's a sort of contentious but not all the time but sometimes you will and you'll take a step back later on and go oh, that was that was talking shite there or whatever uh, he's bang on. It's there now. It's happening and it's there for all to see. And it's. I don't know if they're not trying to hide it, but if they are, they're not doing a very good job at it. Because it's clear as day. Like, it's actually unbelievable some of the decisions I've seen being made by VAR. And, and it's. I mean, that one. <sighs> I just can't, I can't get my head round. I've tried to understand it and think they would probably argue that the two penalty, I'm going back to the two penalty decisions again because it's really a, like going my tits that one. Like, <laughs> they'll, they'll probably argue that the Bernabeu one, although he can't see it, as Stephen Fletcher's header goal bound. No, but come on, the, 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 the header last night, I know Wednesday, no, the listen, was goal bound as well. I'm just trying to, I, I'm not, I'm just trying to think what they would, what their argument would be for giving it and not giving it, and I, I think maybe that that's what they would go with. But for me, the the Rangers one is more of a penalty. But again, right, they, they the referee on the pitch doesn't give it right, but they don't go to the video; they just go, that's ah, it's not a penalty." Whereas mm-hmm. the referee in the pitch with Bernabeu didn't give it, but they went to the video and then well, they quick gave question, it. Quick question. Picture it was Celtic Pen Hearts, would it would a penalty been given? Hundred yeah. percent. Well, the, the, the proof's in the pudding because they went to the yeah. video with Bernabeu, he's back to the ball, and they overturned the referee's decision on the pitch, and told him it was a pet. Well, they never overturned it, but they told him to go and have a look at it, and then he overturned it. But he was always going to overturn it because any referee it goes to the monitor and has been told to look at something, they change their mind. Yeah. Baffles me. Absolutely baffles me. It's the same with the one at Hearts. Hearts get a penalty. They go. To, the referee doesn't give it on the field they play, but they tell the referee to go and have a look at it, and he gives it. Then the Celtic yeah. Celtic get a, which is a stonewaller. Seconds. Don't even look at it. Don't don't even look look at the video ref. Then you've got the Bernabeu one. Again, go and look at the video. The Rangers one. Don't look at the video. How how the fuck can we not be paranoid or? I think there's a conspiracy or a bias. How how can yeah. we know? It's all there. Plain yeah, simple. I hundred percent agree. And the, the thing that's most like baffling about it all, Celtic fund most of it in terms of the, the whole VAR for the, the whole SPFL. And I don't want people to think I'm wanting all these decisions to be given to Celtic out of no oh. reason. I'm putting this in context. I want a fair game Why across the fair, SPFL. Right. Yeah. A fair shot at it, a fair go at it. If you need to look at the VAR monitor, you do that. The fact that I watched the, the replay of the Hearts reaction, I think it was Tommy Devlin, the wee Terrier guy I always talk about, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he walked up the referee, and he wasn't even angry because it looked like to me that he just knew what was happening. He kind of loved him half-heartedly and went, handball. Uh, referee was laughed, laughed at him and told him to go away, basically. And you're like, Aye. what? What is going on? It's like... People accept this now in the SPFL that this is going to happen. It shouldn't be like that. It shouldn't, where you're in a position where you're going to these games and the VAR monitor comes on the screen, right? Ah, oh, fuck, that's just done. Or yeah. just for example, if Starfelt had a hand at the ball for a park, they're fucking choking. They'd be choking. <laughs> Whistle, penalty kick. Aye. It cannot keep going. And the fact that Celtic called it out and behind it, but I agree with you, they asked the most shitbag question. They asked the, they asked the one where they knew they were going to get an out. SFA put out the statement today and the things we put to bed. For me, if you're Celtic, Ross, you would take that ten times further, wouldn't you? In terms of the jaw one? All the all the decisions. Aye. We, uh, aye. Well, I said uh, a few weeks back after the Hearts incident, I said that I tried to give Celtic the benefit of the doubt. You don't want to... Be, I get like... It's the same as I thought. You don't want to be seen as like Morning and saying, "Oh, you're not getting this decision, not getting that decision." It looks like, but it's like everybody says, "We're winning the now, so it's the best time to do it." But I, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, maybe they're trying to build up a body of evidence, a different things. Well, I think now they have that because all the things that we've just touched on. So I don't know whether 
this this if I was Celtic, I would maybe wait until the break because you're no one to make it a distraction. You want to stick to the football. So once the team are away in Sydney, playing their football, playing their friendly, maybe they can then in this break go to the SFA with their queries and say, we're not happy with this, this and this. I mean, they need about, they need about 10 guys to go because they need about <laughs> 45 pair of hands to point out everyone. But uh, maybe they'll do it in that break so as to not be a distraction to what we're actually doing on the pitch and that is winning games. But the question I have, right, and the question that sticks in my mind, we all live in a hypothetical world, right? So hypothetically, tomorrow we played Ross County, right? We know the gap seven points. And look, and Kaiser called me out here and I 100% agree. Like he says, high bad is it when a pass the fan is the man the furnace and an advantage. Yeah, that's all I'm saying, right? So, mm-hmm. for example, fast forward till tomorrow. We're in the game, 15 minutes, 20 minutes nil each. VAR, 60th minute, gives them a penalty kick. We don't recover and it wasn't a pen. How far does this have to get before it becomes when we pull the funding or we pull the the kind of money we've put behind that VR. Because if you're paying for a, a toy, for example, you want fair use of it. You want fair game of it. And we're funding the majority of this operation for the rest of the SP- SPFL because they can't afford it. So why is there not a fair crack at the whip? Why is decisions not being checked? You look at the VA monitor stuff, and what pisses me off the most, they do not show you a side-by-side. I'm sure they have enough money to do a split screen where you can see what they're looking at, the lines they're drawing, the, the information that they're collecting. And even the commentators in the EPL and Bundesliga and whatever, they get it fed mm. to them. They get it fed to them in terms of what's right. happening. And they can relay that back to the supporters. But it's all hush-hush. And then five right. minutes later, we get a shitty image and we're expected to swallow it up like it's like it's gospel. I cannot stand this. It's pissing me off. And Luke Johnson, the comments, he, he's getting in about it here. It's great to see him on talking with the, the, the people in the, in, in the comments too. But... It's it's one of these one of these things, Ross, that needs to be nipped in the bud. We cannot go into games apprehensive of what a referee is going to do. We cannot because this could affect gameplay. This could affect how a team defends. This could affect a lot of major things within a game in terms of a ta- tactic level as well. And it's John Beaton, it's Nick Welsh, it's McLean. They're all mm-hmm. no hopers in my opinion. They're all bog standard referees. They're all crap. The only way this is going to work, in my opinion, if we get overseas, now you can stream it overseas, right? This is my, my my kind of thing in this. Just an Italian official, right, who's not working in Syria that weekend, blah, 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 whatever, to sit and look at a couple of monitors and relay information back to the, the SPFL referees. So you're not getting an unfair bias. You're not getting treated differently. The referees are told to go look at a decision when it's blatantly wrong. You're going to totally look at Carl Starfield times that could have broke his leg a Burnaby handball that shouldn't have never have been a handball. It's an absolute joke. And I think Postacolu summed it up perfect. If you cannot use the item, perfect it until you can use it in the professional environment. He he brought it out today. He was again, he didn't understand all the fanfare, understand all this commotion for VAR, VAR coming in. We were behind the times as a league. We were behind everything. Australia, all the leagues had it, major leagues in the world. We've got it in. Two weeks, three weeks, it's a total shambles, Ross. But what I would say back to that is I think I think they can use it. I think they're perfectly capable and competent of using it. But I think that they pick and choose how and when they're going to implement it and against which teams. What do you mean? Do, do, you, think, do you genuinely think, right, right I, so... I genuinely... I, 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 hate, I hate being like this. And I always, like... Before VAR, like you said there, we can't go into games um, worrying about what a referee's going to do, right? I would argue we've been doing that yeah, almost yeah, all the I, time I, for, yeah. for decades, right? But it's more highlighted now because it's, it's video evidence. It's plain in your face purely because they have the option now to, to go to, the, to look at the, the, the monitor. And they're taking the opportunity to use that at times for other teams like Hearts, mm-hmm. uh, like Rangers, just for instance. But then they're no using it in the same way for to give Celtic 
decisions that would benefit Celtic and rightfully benefit them because it's the correct decision. Yeah. They're not taking the opportunity to, to go to... So, so they're using it properly when, they, when they feel like it. Yeah. They're picking and choosing, in my opinion, when they want when they want to go to when they want to use it correctly. And at this moment in time, there's nothing that is benefit benefiting Celtic. And I, I feel I hate I hate talking like this. I feel like we're making excuses, but we're not making it's excuses, not excuses because we're no because we're winning still. But it's going mm-hmm. to catch up with us, and we do need this lead if it's going to continue. To go the way it's going, and we we're going to need that seven point lead because I'm telling you now, the first opportunity they get to give anything to Rangers at Ibrox in January, they will seize it. And the first chance, if they'll they'll no get Celtic will no get nothing at Ibrox. Yeah. They'll have to win that game on their own, like they have had to do in the previous four or five games or whatever it is. For VRs came in. And it's going to be like that for now at the end of the season. And then it'll keep being like that unless Celtic start asking questions. And even then, if they do, we'll probably get a fucking referee strike again and I'll just be back to square one. Oh, how well, dare you question us? The referees that come in that time performed 10 times better than the, the SPL referees available at that time. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. uh, John comes in. I have a rant the Raven in our group chat. Yeah, you have. Absolutely <laughs> few not at all. I think we're I think we all agree on that. Do you know what I mean? And but you said something, right? And it's come up a lot in the chat. And by the way, Fergus McCann is getting a lot of love in the chat in, in regards to what he would have done in terms of the situation, call out the referees and stuff like that. And you maybe But have like a he did when Cadet scored at Ibrox. You never never done any when Cadet scored a perfectly legitimate goal that cost us the league title in the nineties at Ibrox. Well, I don't know. I don't know much about that. But that's what, there's there's some comments for Fergus McCann. But they come back to today, right? He said something there. We need this lead to go into Ibrox, and because you know we're not going to get nothing. Why is that acceptable? Why it's should not we acceptable. be sitting? As a, but why why is a support base? Are you getting into a game like this thinking oh, we're against that uh, thirteen men, including our supporters already? It should not be happening like that. So what? Well, where where's the end game? Like what, if this keeps happening. What's the end game? I have no idea, but that this has been going on for decades. It's no, it's no new. It's just more highlighted now than ever before. Yeah, it's. listen, I hate, I hate spending so much time on it. It's, it's fucking annoying. But we have to. But we, we oh, we have to. Aye, but I hate. Like it, it's taking away from what we are doing on the park, and then. We're not, we've not played well the last two games. We've, we've touched on that. We know that. We won't play as poorly as that uh, and probably not win a game. Okay, we'll play better than that at that, some point in yeah. the season and probably not win it and it'll be due to a scandalous VAR decision. It's it's coming. It'll happen. At some point in the season, we'll drop points because of VAR because there's too many decisions going against us at the moment. And it'll, yeah. the law averages, at some point, we're going to drop points because of that. Yeah, and it's a bit shambolic that we have to factor in refereeing performances into that situation. And let's see, <coughs> we're going to absolutely scud the rats despite VR, we're just too good. John, I agree, but you have to take in the cover Ross and saying, I'm bang on with him here. Like, this whole VAR thing, any excuse they have, any moment that crowd gets their back up, they're watching whatever's going on. And something will happen in that game. I really think so. We can feel it. It's just a strange feeling. But yeah, right. we've spent a lot, a lot, <laughs> we've spent a lot of time talking about uh, the video assistant referee. Uh, I'll give it the proper title, but <laughs> it's video assistant Rangers, as people like to call it as well. But we'll move on, right? I think that was a great uh, talking point there, Ross. Uh, but yeah, this whole Sydney Cup thing's coming up, and we're talking about international break. Anne's Pasta Coglu has made the right choice, in my opinion by not releasing the Scottish players for international duty in a meaningless friendly against Turkey. I do not see what the big fuss is about this whole thing. I think he's called it right. And I think he actually nailed it in his presser saying, yeah, sometimes we get angry, but we go over at disappointment really quickly. So, yeah, I'm 100% behind that. I know there's a big kind of uproar within, uh, not Scottish football in general, but some fans saying, why not being 
allowed to go to kind of represent their national team. But if we're going to Sydney, we're representing the club. We want our best players. They're like, where do you stand on that one? Um, I can see it for both managers' points of view. Both of them are going into games that the the Scotland one that they're 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 friendlies, so they are essentially essentially meaningless. But yeah. in terms of two managers, they're they're not meaningless to them. They're games of football that they they're more games. They're they're keeping the players sort of fitness in and stuff like that. And I, if Ange keeps a hold of the Celtic players, he can use use them as he pleases and as he sees fit. Doesn't he want to lose MD? And he can sort of gauge how he's wanting to use them to, to keep keep them fresh for going into after the World Cup and that and make sure they don't, hopefully, don't get injured. But then you look at it, I dare say that some of the Scottish boys probably want to go with the national mm. team because it's it, it's it's great. It's another cap. It's, it, it might even be a cap that maybe some of them probably never thought they would get. For me, I'm I'm not bothered either way. If they went and played with Scotland, I'd be quite happy watching them playing for Scotland. They're not, so I'll be quite happy watching them playing for Celtic. Um, I, I can I can understand Clark's frustrations, but I can also understand why Postacoglu hasn't let them go. And uh, Steve Clark, he, he he tried to make the point that it wasn't an official international break. I mean, there's a World Cup on, so uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it couldn't get any more official than that. But by rights, FIFA have not declared it an official international break. So by the letter of the law. Postacoglu is well within his rights to do what he's done. And he, by the way, has been an international manager. So he, yep. he'll know. He, he sees it for Clark's sort of point of view. But, listen, it's entirely the manager's prerogative. And if he wants to keep a hold of the players, who, who are any of us to argue? He's not breaking any rules. I, don't, I think it's about time that he's put in rank because sometimes these players go away and don't even feature. For the international team, they just kind of sit and mull around and kind of waste their time in, in international football. This whole Sydney Cup thing, yes, glorified friendlies, but again, it's against medium to top class opposition, if you include Everton and that, and Sydney FC and all that type of stuff. And it's for the fans in Australia. And whether we like it or not, this is the type of thing that modern football does. You do these tours, you gain traction, you gain momentum, you get a bit of money from it like we are doing, and Posta Carlu gets his homecoming, however cheesy that may sound. And to, to the point in, in terms of you looking at international duty, it brings it back to the wider issue for me. I do not like international football during the actual football season. It, does, it, it doesn't bode well on me. Let the football season play out and then let them play towards the end of the season when it's all kind of finished. And Yeah, you kind of understand where Steve Clark's coming from, but Poster called me nailed it. You get over that disappointment pretty quickly. And I think going to the Sydney Cup for him is a big issue. And Harry Kuehl even said it today in, in his press conference that they're all looking forward to it, get over there, kind of showcasing and in front of the, the Aussie fans and everyone deserves to see the, the full team playing, don't they? Um, aye, well, I suppose they do, but again, I'm, I'm not that... Fu- like, it'll be great for Postacoglu to take the team to Australia, back to his homeland, and uh, showcase his team in front of the home fans, people that he respects and they respect mm-hmm. him. Uh, and it's great for the Celtic fans in Australia who otherwise maybe wouldn't get to a game and watch Celtic playing live in the flesh. It's good that way. It's good commercially. I mean, I'll probably, well, I will watch the games, but I'm not like sitting with bated breath totally excited about it. It'll just be... It'll, couple of games you'll go through the motions and Everton are mm. a fucking baggy shite to watch so it's not really it's not really lighting igniting a fire within me but I will watch it because it's Celtic it's better in the World Cup isn't it <laughs> 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 the, the Sydney Cup but hey again another issue that's kind of in the back burner of the Celtic supporters mind I've seen kind of crop up recently is Maurice Jens should we sign him permanently and I think you made a great point Starfield on the left-hand side didn't look himself, although he played that position most of the last season and he looked comfortable. 
I just thought he made a, a few mistakes. I think signing Yens would be the, the, the safer option here to kind of back up with, and I forget Kobe Ashian from Fiesel Kobe in January. Um, don't know if it's a don't know if it's a safe option, but well, I mean the kind uh, of beef uh, up the centre back options. Aye, oh, I mean uh, if we if we're able to, is he option to buy? Is that what his loan is option yep. to buy? Aye. Um, I, I think for me, I, I agree with Monty. They are they're all saying it. I absolutely would sign Yens. Reason being is for a number of years, Celtic have tried and tried to get really good centre halves and couple of couple of loan guys. It's just not really worked. It's a very difficult position to get. And right now we've got Carter Vickers in, and we've got a uh, Starfelt. And they, they formed a great partnership last season. I think, aye, I think Jens would, I mean, you can always get better, right? You, of course you can, but for Celtic, better the devil you know. I think Jens has come in, done a really good job. He looks like he's suited to the way Ange wants to play football. I said at the start of the season, I felt like Jens would take Starfelt's place. Starfelt's been out injured. I think they both bring different qualities. Both of them bring bits a uh, Carter Vickers. Carter Vickers is the full package. I think yeah. Starfelt brings the, the physicality more than Jens. He'll win his jewels, he'll win his header. And Jens, he does all right. But in terms of bringing the ball out for the ball, I think you, you, you see it when, when Carter Vickers and Starfelt play. Carter Vickers is the guy who brings the ball out and finds the pass. Starfelt will pass it to him. Mm-hmm. When Jens plays, Carter Vickers is the guy that passes it to Jens. Yeah, he's the yeah. better ball playing centre half out the three. He's not the most physical. He can lose physical battles at times. But I think he's done. I, I said he was going to at the start of the season. They got back excited and said he was going to end up better than Carter Vickers. <laughs> not so sure about that now. But um, I think he's he's still a very good player. A player that I really like. I am Armoni. Wait, wait, no, wait till you get to know me and we get in that date. You'll get him the full package. Oh, yes. <laughs> but um, no, I think it's a no brainer. You have to sign Jens. Uh, I don't think it's as imperative as, like, say, having to, uh, needing to sign Carter Vickers last season. But aye, I think if you get Jens in and we get. Uh, can't remember the guy's name, the Japanese Kobe boy. Ashe. Kobe Ashe. Kobe if, if he comes in, you're probably looking at that we're, we're going to offload Welsh at that point. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's four centre-halves then. And I don't know what the Kobe, Kobe Ashe's like, but I would say that the other three, we know we're, whoever comes in is going to do a job, certainly domestically. And, again, in Europe... They they didn't do amazing this season, but they didn't do horrifically bad. And you just you, you hope that they, they like the whole team. You hope they progress yeah. and they get better. And I, I think it's more. It's not so much the the defensive, like the two centre halves and the right and left back or whatever. I think it's the unit that needs to get better in terms of the whole team defending as a unit doing everything that Ange wants them to do as a unit a bit better than they did in the Champions League there. I think that's what will... I think the players are good enough. I think the unit needs to work better. Yeah, I totally own that because a lot of the, the pressing we've done was kind of wasted. And if anyone wants the, the stat strap shows with Tony McLaughlin and uh, Stuart Ross, we kind of covered that. There was a lot of wasteless running. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't... The cohesion unit, as you said, Ross, wasn't quite telling in the Champions League for whatever reason. And I think Alistair Jack comes in here. Kobayashi is a ball-playing centre-back, and he's a left-footed, which I think that Postacoglu really wants to kind of compliment Carter Vickers. I think Jens, as you said, is probably the best ball-playing centre-half that we have in terms of the passes he can play. He seems both-footed, which is interesting. Starfield, I still think, will feature quite heavily. There, there's no question in my mind he's, he's going to be dropped or kind of been a regular on the bench. He'll, he'll play probably I think majority of the games. We kind of... I think he's still Angie's number one. Out of him yeah. and Jens. So do I. I mean, you can't really break up that partnership that him and Figures had unless something 
magic happens. But yeah, Jens has potential. And he's only twenty three. People are asking how much ballpark, maybe four to five million. You're, you're guessing for a player like him and that is potential. Uh-huh. So I hope we do send him. I think he's a great option to have. I think he offers a different in terms of the passing he could do. He's very good at breaking the lines and stuff like that. So that's something I like in terms of Jens. But I, our last league game, Ross, coming up for I think a month. That's quite upsetting to say that. Really is upsetting. Against Ross County, discussing VAR hypothetically, all that type of stuff. But we'll park that to one side for now. Ross County coming in in different form. Malky McKay hasn't got the same tune out of them that he did last season. They've still got wee good players. That, um, what's his name? Dahada in the midfield, I think he's called. Attacking midfielder. A couple of good players up front with pace and things like that we need to watch out for. But I'm not really expecting a game that we're going to be worried too much in from an attacking sense from Ross County. I think we'll, again, we'll, we'll dominate the ball. I think we'll have majority of the possession. I think we'll have four VAR decisions that, go, that don't go in our favour. We'll have to win the game 6-4. But yeah, <laughs> apart from that, Ross, what, what's your, your feeling for tomorrow? I, I have to sort of agree with you. I, I, I mean, I might, I might be wrong here, but I think Ross County have won their last two. Aye, well, they're they're different in terms of pats. They they're all a two, two aye, game but, aye, they've, they've obviously got a, a good couple of results there, so they'll be buoyed off of that. They'll be going into the game with an element of confidence. But it is Parkhead, Celtic are at the top of the league. They're the best team in the country by mm. a long way at the moment, in my opinion. You go into any domestic game, you expect Celtic to win. I expect no different the Mora. I expect us to be on our uh, reaction pod the Mora straight after the game. Yes, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I totally forgot to about be, that. <laughs> <laughs> I expect us to be talking about VAR on that, but I also yeah. expect us to be talking about a Celtic victory. And hopefully it's we, we go into the World Cup Way the performance to go with the result this time as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a cracker. Steve is a VR <laughs> guy, but Cameron Justin Boy, Jesus, no, that happened <laughs> out the door. But yeah, tomorrow, everyone who's watching, we'll be doing our first ever live reaction pod to an SPFL game. Hopefully, straight after the, the Ross County game, we will be on and we'll be discussing whatever result may be and whatever VAR absolute shambles that happens. And then on the Monday, I believe we're doing a Champions League rewind with the, the man himself, Mr. Anthony Dunn. But yeah, score and line-up prediction, Ross, what we're thinking? Uh, line-up will be Hart, uh, Ralston, um, Carter Vickers, probably Starfield. Um, they'll go Taylor. Midfield three of O'Reilly, Hatate, and I'm not sure if he'll play Moy. I think he'll go with Haksabanovic in the ten. I think he'll he'll be fit in case Moy gets injured eh, before the World Cup. Eh, I'll go Haksabanovic in the ten. I'll go Kyogo, eh, Jota, and James Forrest. Score prediction: three 0 Celtic. And yeah, people are coming in. Red Scotland, I'll be there, guys. Looking forward to it. Great idea. Yeah, we're going to kind of look towards this as doing it once a month type thing. Obviously, scheduling people's availability, families, personal life, have to factor that in. But we'll, we'll try and do it more regularly after the Ross County game. We've got a month gap to prepare, so we should be fine going forward with a couple <coughs> of live match reactions. But um, kind of my my prediction for the lineup, I'll go Hart, Uralovic, Carter Vickers, Jens, Burnaby. O'Reilly, Hatate, Haksabanovic, James Forrest on the right, Big Yakim Magnusson in the middle, and Mieta on the left. That's what I'll go for. People will probably go away with dropping chat on that, but again, you have to factor in that he's only come back from injury. You don't want to kind of overload him. You want to ease him into action, ease him into the play to be full pelt when we come back from the World Cup break. And by the way, unfortunately, he didn't get into the Portugal World Cup squad, but yeah. it was... It was great to see him named on the provisional lineup, like, and it just shows that he's been fantastic for us, hasn't he? Oh, outstanding! But I have to admit, I, I didn't expect him to get into the Portugal squad. They're fully like top class players, but I think his time will come. What is he? Twenty three, twenty four. Yeah. I mean, Jota, he's got the world at his feet if he keeps performing the way he has been over the last sort of year and a half. I think at some point 
I hope it's not in the next year, but I think at some point we'll probably lose him for a big fee. And yeah. I think he'll 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 he's got all the opportunity and all the talent to go to the very top, but he needs to work hard. He he needs to he's going to mature a bit. Sometimes I think he can be a bit greedy, a bit wasteful at times, but I think that'll come. Uh, yeah. But he, he's got all the talent in the world and he's got all the opportunity to go to wherever he wants to be his talent. When people say um, Kent is the best winger. Oh. Yeah, it's, just, it's absolutely baffling, isn't it? The wee cutback <laughs> shimmy that he does all the time. But in that sense, we will be back again tomorrow for our live match reaction. It's weird saying that. It is really weird saying that. But hopefully it'll be a good one. The positive result to talk about. No VAR shit. Let's hope not. But until then, stay but, well. Sorry. Keeps... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, what time are we aiming for? Just so folk know. I'm hoping, just going to I'm go... hoping approximately maybe 10 to 15 after the match. Right, so about five-ish. Aye, about five-ish. I'm saying that. I'll, I'll no finish to about five with all the, the extra time for VAR. So we'll go for about <laughs> half past seven. Uh, we'll, um, we'll, we'll go for midnight we'll be our midnight <laughs> but uh, live match reaction we're looking forward to seeing this all tomorrow stay well keep safe hail hail <laughs>